LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with the best of Steve Allen. Morning. Steve Allen here with you this Sunday morning, coming up at six in conversation. This week, I'm joined by comedian Ruby Wax. who'll talk about her battle with depression and how she channeled her experiences into her work. An adventurer, TV presenter and writer, Ben Fogle, will be talking about his campaign to clean up the streets of London from doggy doos. First of all, we have my best bits from the week. And this week, we talked about the etiquette of tipping. I tip. I tip very well, actually. I think I'm quite a good tipper. I like, I like tipping, provided I've got good service. Provided I've had good service. I'm not, you know, just somebody bringing... I'll tell you what, I ro- what really annoys me. What really annoys me is sort of going out to a, a cafe... And somebody brings you a bacon sandwich, and then they, they have the cheek to put a tip on the bill for bringing... I'll tell you what, just tell me when it's ready, love, I'll go and collect it. So much easier. Well, this idea that you have to tip somebody for bringing a plate from here to here. You know why you're tipping? Because they're paid rubbish. They're paid terrible money. Especially in London, that's why all, all these people... I was talking to somebody the other day, actually, who was talking to somebody who worked in Starbucks. And, and he said, what, what, what's the training like? You know, <laughs> not much. He said that they just give you a list of all the drinks. He said, and you just learn how to make them. And then they go, oh, you're a barista. And that's apparently supposed to sort of mean something nowadays. It's hardly difficult. You just do frothy milk. And and then, what did I do? The other? Oh, that's right. I went had an argument in a Pret-a-Manger. We were trying to get to the, uh, to the screening of Despicable Me 2, which is brilliant, by the way. I didn't even see the first one, but the second one is absolutely end- end- brilliant. And a friend of mine was sort of saying, listen, you know, uh, he, he, he put porridge on the counter. So the bloke turns it round to look at it, to see what it is, to put it into the till. He goes, it's porridge. He said, what else do you sell that is in something like that? So he said, uh, do you want any, um, any sauce with it? He said, yeah. He said, um, uh, does it make any difference? He said, yeah, well, for stock taking. God, just count them at the end of the day, love. Just count them at the end of the day. Anyway, they faffed around. Meanwhile, I, I thought I'd swallowed a fly. And I was sort of standing outside, coughing my lungs up. <coughs> you know when you sort of... And then you think, I'll stop coughing now. It's still moving. It's in the back of my throat. <coughs> Twice this weekend, the producers paid cash. And for some reason, the waitress has decided that I don't want the change. And we're paying the rest as a tip. 15 pounds. I hate it when they do that. But in America, they thrive on tips. That's what they live for. You look at all the waitresses. In what, Vegas, classic example. Or anyway, you can go anywhere in, in America. They do tipping. They survive on tips. That's what they work for. Stringfellows in London, exactly the same. The girls there, I think, if memory certainly used to work like this, they paid him for working there. And then they made the money on the tips. And that operates in a lot of places. I know a certain restaurant in town, which is very well known, where he um, he pays them the minimum wage and they make it up on tips. So he's, and I, I can't tell you what it is because it's a, it's a known place. But he he's doing a nice little fiddle there, getting all the staff in. They don't pay any tax. They're a bit like the people driving the little pedalos around. They don't pay any tax. They don't pay any tax whatsoever. They 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 pay no. Just me and you. We're we're the only ones who pay tax. I'm afraid. Oh, and guess whose birthday it is. It's Manly Banilow. Yes, Barry Manilow is 70 today. In fact, uh, Karen from Concert says it's Barry Manilow 70th. Wish him a happy birthday. I've seen him 36 times. 36 times? Good grief. So many happy returns. It's funny, isn't it, when you see these people and they go, and Barry Manilow's 70. You think, it's a stupid, he can't be 70. But I was looking at The Who the other day. They were talking about quadrophenia. And the anniversary of Quadrophenia. And so there was Roger Daltrey uh, sitting down. He's in his 70s now. 
It just doesn't seem possible, does it? It really doesn't seem possible that people are in their 70s. You look at them and you think, we're living longer, people look better. I mean, Roger Daltrey looks amazing. I mean, amazing. I sat there thinking, God, blimey, how does he do it? How does he do it? On the subject of uh, tipping, in Boston, 15% is minimally correct, 20% is better, and if you're thrilled over the service, 25% plus. You see, I don't... I don't you know, it's it's an odd thing, tipping, isn't it? The Brits are not very good at tipping. I mean, I've seen people, you know, people tip when you get a haircut, don't you? You normally, if you're a lady and you have your hair, you know, done by the salon, you tip the girl who washes your hair because you know she's on threepence. And then you, and then she brings you a cup of tea and, uh, and then you tip the person who does your hair. So it can actually work out quite expensive. Normally, in Michael's hairdressers, it's nine pounds a haircut. People give them a tenner and say, keep the change. But a lot of people don't tip. They're the tight ones. They don't tip anything. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure whether you should have to tip. I can't quite work out, here we go, why you have to tip a taxi driver. He doesn't get out and open the door for you. He doesn't sort of, you know, caress your legs as you're driving along. It, well, I mean, some of them do. Some of them, if, you, if you're lucky to get the right cab. But, you know, why should you have to tip? All he's done, he's earning a fortune. They're taking you from A to B and they're being paid for it. And you've got to pay on top of that. For what? If you've got luggage... I could understand. But just getting in a taxi and then getting out the other end, you know, if, if you're in a minicab, do you tip? Of course you don't, because they don't expect to be tipped. Actually, I don't pay anyway, because it's on account. But, if, but why do you tip in a, in a taxi? I don't quite understand that. I suppose, to a certain extent, I, I mean, because you don't, as I've said before, you don't go into, this, into Waitrose and the woman packs your bag or whatever, and you don't give her a tip at the end and go, that's for you, that's for your trouble, dear. You don't tip them, do you? You don't, you don't go in to buy a McDonald's and go and have 20 pence yourself. You don't tip in there. And they're moving the food from here to there. So why are you tipping in a restaurant? Why should you bother? I think I'm going to start a campaign for not tipping anymore, actually. Let's make the bosses pay you properly. It's not up to us to substitute your wages. They're making a fortune. I think that's how it works anyway. Uh, Helen Flanagan's had a nose job. Woo, front page headlines on The Sun the other day. Because uh, apparently she was bullied at school for a nose. First time she's ever mentioned it, so I'd never heard of it before either. But the, the one story that the papers were all running with, and I felt a bit sorry for her, it was uh, poor old Nigella Lawson in the paper. And I thought I was looking at a film. I wasn't quite sure. All the papers have run with this uh, today. Um, and it looks like they've had a row in a restaurant. Now, there's nothing, nothing wrong with having rows in restaurants. But he appears to have his hand around her throat. Perhaps he's sort of putting a necklace on or something like that. I don't... Whatever it is, she appears to be crying in another picture. I mean, now, I quite understand, you know, if your tempura's not at the right temperature or something like that, you could have a bit of a row in a restaurant. But uh, all the papers are running with it. And, in fact, they've got a whole series of, of photographs of her in there. I don't know how they managed to get it. I'm trying to work out. So there was somebody in the restaurant with a camera taking pictures of his hand around her throat. Not a nice thing. Not a nice thing. But they're a married couple. They can do what they like, I suppose. You just don't expect to see it in public. I don't expect to see it in the pages of the papers either, I'm afraid. Um, Here we go. Who hasn't been in the papers for ages? Oh, Kelly Brook. Kelly Brook's not been in the papers for, oh, about three seconds. And here she is. She's managed to get them out yet again. Oh, lovely. Put them away, darling. OK, we've seen every bit of your body. We know you're on holiday. Hardly a job you've got, is it? Here she is, topless. You'll like it. Of course, you haven't seen Kelly Brook topless before. She's got the same as every other woman. OK? 
And uh, this is it. The trouble is, when you see it coming out the scene without any makeup on, luckily a photographer being there to record the scene, it's uh, it's a case of, you know, let's sell these pictures to the paper. I frankly couldn't give a forex about it. She's the most boring person under the sun. She might look wonderful, but, um, you know, just... Just don't do it for a lot of people. It's like, she's an attention seeker. She's a bit Helen Flanagan, a little bit, um... What did I watch the other day that I thought was the biggest part of drivel I've ever seen? Oh, it was this Vida Loca thing with Keith Lemon. Playing Keith Lemon. It's, you know, it's not Lee France at all. It's the same bloke. He tells about, what a ghastly piece of television. Never seen so much rubbish. And then you realise it's produced by Holly Willoughby's, um, bloke. The bloke she's married to, the bald, unattractive one. And he, it's another one of his. It's the biggest pile of rubbish I'd ever seen in my entire life. Is it aimed at the five-year-olds or something? Very, very bad. Very bad. Here's one of the Beckham boys. Um, he's got his teeth all wired up. And uh, he went out to Wimbledon the other day, which is lovely. Which is lovely. I'm very happy about one of the Beckham boys going out, which is good. Um, I see that Paul McCartney's son, James, has revealed his dislike of Heather Mills, in keeping with the rest of the country. I should Nobody likes Heather Mills, do they? Nobody likes Heather Mills, the fantasist of all fantasists, the woman whose restaurant closed down due to lack of interest in Brighton. And, um, in fact, if you went in there, they had to go out and get the food. So, so, so uninteresting was the menu, I'm afraid. He says, Heather was not very good. No, nobody liked her. A gold digger. Nobody ever liked Heather Mills. It was, she was always, you know, a naff person first time round. Now she's a naff person with money. That was lucky. Oh, well, see, front page of the mirror, they're doing... Charles Saatchi appeared to be grabbing Nigella by the throat in a restaurant. What sort of row could you have in a restaurant where you grab somebody by the throat? I mean, admittedly, it was vaguely reminiscent of the LBC newsroom, you know, when there's some, a few things going on. But I just don't quite understand why you do that. Knowing that there's cameras everywhere. People have got phones and they take pictures. And she, poor soul, then she comes out of the restaurant and, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a, a very bad sign. Hand in the face is a very bad sign. And lots of people were there and they witnessed it and she came out. I mean, nobody does that to a woman. I mean, you really don't. At one point, he grabbed her nose. It's not very nice, is it? You know, you'd think he'd perhaps grow up, try and be an adult. But uh, nobody's saying anything. She's not saying anything. He's not saying anything. Are we expecting divorce, do you think? Do you think we could see papers filed for divorce? See by the end of the programme what we can build it up into. I noticed, and I'm going to mention it in my free podcast a little bit later on this morning, that uh, a couple of people, Lorraine Kelly. Oh, you're gorgeous. You're wonderful. You're marvellous. I'm so tired. Um, just... God knows I'm really ancient now. And anyway, she sprung to the defence of Anthea Turner. And she says a lot of people are picking on Anthea Turner, saying what goes around comes around. And there's a couple of other quotes from various people, including Frankie Boyle. Anthea Turner saying, you know, Grant is not the man uh, that I married. And he said, he's exactly the man you married. He dumped his wife and kids for you. And now he's gone off with somebody else. And I said on Friday and Thursday, men only stray... When it's all dried up at home. You know, they're not... If, if it was all tickety-boo... And the trouble is for Anthea, the big kick in the teeth for Anthea Turner is she likes to present this, oh, I'm so perfect. I'm just the most wonderful person. I fold towels. Unfortunately, I can't keep my man happy. And that's why he'd wandered off with somebody else and apparently he'd had phone calls with her and all the rest of it. So Anthea is distraught, but luck... So, sorry. Luckily, Anthea's a strong woman. She can come back from this. She can, she can fight through it. God knows. She's only worried about the children. They're not her children. They're, they're Della Bovey's children, remember. But, of course, Anthea seems to think they're hers for some reason. She's sort of step-mum. 
You know, kind of, you know, it's, it's like Fathers for Justice, only reversed. And so she's now going to have to sell the house. But the finances are very interesting in this whole thing. Actually, and also one of my other favourite columnists was springing to her defence, saying, you know, she's, she's only tried to make it a really good marriage. I thought, well, he probably got a bit bored with her as well, like the rest of the country. That's why you don't see her on television. It's a bit like Jordan. She's having to set up her own YouTube television channel because nobody will touch her with a barge pole. She's television poison. Nobody's remotely interested in anything Jordan does. It's like, you know, people saying Big Brother's on. I'm going, is it? Is it really? I haven't watched any of it this year. Just another bunch of low-rent people. What's interesting about that? Let's take a quick break here. When we're back, we'll hear about a surveyor who moonlighted as a graffiti artist. Luckily, he gets his comeuppance. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with the best of Steve Allen. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with the best of Steve Allen. Welcome back. For most of the week, all anyone could talk about were those pictures of Charles Saatchi with his hand on wife Nigella Lawson's throat. I didn't think much of his explanation. It was a playful tiff. I'd hate to see him when he loses his temper. He's been given a police caution, as indeed he should be. I mean, you know, what people do in their marriages, generally speaking, I couldn't care less about. I'm really not that bothered. Um, I'm more worried about the pictures. He said it was a playful tiff. She was in tears. Not the first time his temper has got the better of him. So he's been given... He's a rather stupid old man. It's, you know, all right, so it was overplayed in the paper. But you expect... I mean, Nigella Lawson is revered by people in the food. People love Nigella Lawson. To watch an old man abusing her at the age of 70 is nothing short of a common assault. Common he might not be. But assault it certainly was, and that's why he's been given a caution... And it made her cry. He said, a playful tiff. And you think to yourself, perhaps his idea of play... You know, we had... I can remember talking to a woman years ago. She set up a shelter in Chiswick for women who'd been abused in marriages. And why a lot of women stay in an abusive marriage. It's a power thing. Men think. Sometimes women do it. Sometimes. But it's predominantly men that they think they can get away with it. And in the case of him, because he has to sit outside of this restaurant, Scott's, which is quite posh and it's seafood, because he chain smokes. How he's still living, God alone knows. But to put your arms or your face over a woman's mouth or to hold her nose, you know, is, as far as I'm concerned, it's an assault. You're a stupid old man. A very silly old man. I'm glad you've been given a, a caution by the police. Because that's just unacceptable to anybody. I don't care. I don't know what goes on in your marriage. I'm not remotely interested. You might argue the heck, you know, behind closed doors. You might put on a frilly dress and a wig. I don't know. Nothing to do with me. But the moment you touch somebody round the neck in a public place, that's an assault. And if you're too stupid to realise it, then I'm, I'm dumb enough to tell you it's an assault. Leave him. Leave him. She won't leave him. Do you think she will leave it? I don't know. We were saying the other day there was a picture on the front of the Metro and she's walking out the house with a, a bag, but you could see me walking out the house with a bag every day. Doesn't mean I'm leaving, does it? Suitcase. Is it a suitcase she had? Do you think she had a, I, mean, I don't think she packed many clothes, to be honest with you. But, I mean, if, if this has been... Go- they do have, apparently, these flaming rows. But, you know, that's, that's OK, because loads of people argue in marriages. In fact, I was talking to Anita Dobson about people arguing in marriages. She said, you know, you always have to clear up an argument before you go to bed. She said a couple of times, she said, I have let it simmer. You know, which is what everybody does. But you don't put your your hands around somebody's throat because it might go too far. Somebody could have a panic attack. I don't know. That's somebody coming up behind you going, boo! Big Brother apparently is still on. I had no idea. I thought it had finished by now, but no. Apparently it's still droning on with a few old dogs in there. And uh, and then this, I love the story today. I love the story today of... Um, this is a woman, actually. 
And it's another one of those, you know, mother's horror. Her ten-year-old son has racked up a bill in three hours on a free iPhone game. Uh, his name is Lee Walters. His mother is called Catherine. Here we go. The spelling of Catherine, ladies and gentlemen, K-A-T-H-A-R-Y-N-E. For that read, Chav! And then you look at a picture of her and here she is with her, with her tattoos on her arm and everything else. And her son racked up a £600 bill playing an iPhone game downloaded for free. He comes from Streetly in the West Midlands. I think that's near Dudley. And he downloaded it and he paid 19 quid a time. He innocently clicked on the buy now option, which appeared more than 12 times an hour, landing his mother Catherine, K-A-T-H-A-R-Y-N-E, Chav, with a giant £613 bill. Apple have very kindly agreed to, to, to waive it. But they've said, listen, read the instructions, dimbo. That's what they're there for. Um, today, she warned parents. That, well, wait, no, unfortunately, you don't need to warn parents. Most of them are a bit intelligent, love, Catherine. Y-N-E. She said, I'm not a stupid person, but this has made me feel stupid. It could happen to so many people. Oh, sorry. It could happen to so many people. <laughs> Just imagine, can't you? Anyway, so there you go. I mean, be warned. You know, she's issued the warning. I think the warning is, dear, don't sit there posing with your tattoos on display. It makes you look cheap. OK. Lovely picture of Denise Welsh at her hen do. So funny. Nobody from Loose Women there. I wonder why that would be. Where are all her friends from Loose Women... Apparently, oh, they went to the rear. No, this is at the uh, this is the Hindu, and they're at um, where were they? They were at a, a spa, which was lovely. But no, the loose. Oh, yeah, but that was for a photo opportunity. This is her real friends. The others are just her pretend friends, because you know I don't think she's the most popular old bag in the book, is she? Let's face it. <laughs> so that was good. Uh, what else have we got here? I'm trying to find something else. Oh, Prince Philip leaving hospital. You know, he he soldiers on. You know, whichever way you look at it. He soldiers on. Oh, there's a yob here who's done graffiti. He's been jailed, finally. Christian Holmes, 32, and his PS crew... For, he's a bit old for doing graffiti, isn't he? I thought three-year-olds did graffiti, you know, write on walls and stuff like that. He's 32. He's a surveyor. Quite clearly, a very stupid surveyor. But anyway, he caused a quarter of a million pounds worth of damage. You see, as you go into Richmond Station, there's the sort of... The, the strange people um, are sort of... Take you know they, they sort of graffiti eyes all into the station. I don't quite understand the mentality of it. I'm assuming there's something the matter with them. Uh, most of the pictures for the extra podcast show the celebs on their phones. But who are they talking to in the middle of the day? What was this? What was the extra podcast show? What was this? Was this? Oh right, we got later. Oh right, later. But but who are they talking to? Duncan has, has decided they're not on their. Or oh, you think it's fake? Of course it's fake. Oh, because Helen Flanagan's on her phone. I know. Always on her. Who's, who's Ditsy Girl talking to? I don't know. Who's that? Who's calling me? Who's calling me? So anyway, so just going back to this yob, Christian Holmes and his PS crew friends, forced scores of trains out of service by defacing them. I'll tell you what, mate, let's come round to your house. It caused £3,000 worth of damage. He decided as well he, to deface a carriage on the famous Bluebell Railway. I'd have had him hanged by now, I'm afraid. I'm sorry, this is just, you know, absolutely appalling. And, um... What can't be qualified is the effect on the volunteers who've given up their time. The prosecutor, James Murray-Smith, told Blackfriars Crown Court overall it was under the highest value criminal damages. He's been convicted and he's gone to prison for three and a half years. Oh, girly boy, you'll love it in prison. They'll love you. Hate people who graffitiise things. Dreadful. Uh, so Luce and Towie will get dumped again. More tears. Has she got shares in Kleenex? Oh, I don't know, stupid woman. Is, is she going to be dumped by the latest bloke that she's... Having a relationship with... They seem to hop in and out of bed a bit freely in Essex, don't they? Prompting all, I suppose, all the Essex girl jokes. You know? 
which I can't do on this programme because they're, they're just too rude for words. But basically, it comes down to the fact that Essex girls are E-A-Z-Y. I spell it in that way because that's how they spell it in Essex. You know, the rest of us spell it the normal way, E-A-S-I-E. And so, or E-E-E-E-S-Y, which is another good spelling. Generally, chavs spell it like that because chavs are a bit thick and they can't spell. They've generally got those dreadful tracksuits. I saw a woman the other day in Ugg boots. I mean, I ask you, in the middle of summer, hello, Ugg boots. Hello, I mean, it's, well, I mean, it's certainly, you know, Ugg boots are for people who are ugly. They're not for anybody who's attractive. And people generally wear them if they're chav. They wear them with sort of tracksuit bottoms and the sort of the pink G-string halfway up their backside. And, uh, and they've generally got about three or four kids. And they're generally on their mobile. Yeah, hello. Kylie, sit down. They're like that, aren't they? <laughs> Sweeping generalisation, but always accurate, I think you'll find. Uh, apparently, good news, our favourite coach to a Brendan... Is back on Channel 4 from Monday at 5pm. But best of all, it is just Brendan, says Jenny. Well, he's lost the coach. Oh, dear. Mind you, they had a bit of trouble, didn't they, finding celebrities. When they did Celebrity Coach Trip, who was on it? Jordan's makeup artist and his boyfriend. I mean, God in heaven, I thought we'd scrape some barrels. He must be getting a bit worried. Nobody's invited him to do the Dancing on Ice thing yet. All these strictly dancing anyway. He's so desperate. You know, because he used to be a coal miner, so he's got some great stories about how it was to be very butch in the coal mine and then how it, how it wasn't. And how he survived, probably. Uh, Tom Jones recently spotted enjoying the sun at the back of the Savoy Hotel in London. I do like the Savoy. Uh, he resides there whilst toiling on The Voice. He's not fussy at all. Well, he's from the valleys, isn't he? Can't be fussy if you come to the valleys. As long as he's got a chip shop open round the corner, he probably doesn't worry at all. Uh, Graham Norton has now insisted he's very happy alone. He's split from his partner. I think he would be happy alone, actually. And uh, Emma Bunton hopes the Spice Girls musical Viva Forever will live on. It's a tough market, she says. Hopefully it can go on to tour around the world. No. No, I don't think so. No. I'll tell you for why. Not because it wasn't brilliant. Because it, it wasn't brilliant. It was passable. It's too soon. It's too soon. You know, give it another 10, 15 years and the time might be right. And that's why it was too soon for it. And, you know, if you're going to do something about the Spice Girls, if it, had, if it had had the Spice Girls in it, then it would do really well. But it didn't have the Spice Girls in it, which was a shame. Emma Willis, now hosting Big Brother Alone, says she can see the desperation in many a contestant's eye. You're not alone there, love. We can all see the desperation. It's so sad. It's so sad. But that's why nobody's watching it. Even, even the crowd who, who turn up for this thing now, they're definitely getting smaller and smaller, aren't they? Definitely. Uh, there is that uh, boy of ten in the paper whose mummy, with the tattoos, Chav, uh, was uh, complaining about this free iPhone app that she downloaded. He managed to rack up, I think, £600. Not so clever, is it? Not so clever. Twelve minutes past uh, six. Uh, Mark says, imagine the fun if Kate has the baby first of July and a girl. That's Diana's birthday. Aha. Uh -huh. But they, what, I don't, is it going to be a girl? Do we know it's a girl yet? Have we actually got that far? We haven't got that far. Oh, right, OK. It'd be nice if it was a girl, though. Would they call it Diana? Probably not. Probably not, I don't think. I'd be, I'd be very surprised. Oh, look! Oh, how lovely. Kelly Brook is still getting them out for the boys. How lovely. Darling, can you put them away now? We've seen them, OK? It's, it's very sweet, but you're looking a bit ancient and haggard. And very shortly, they're going to be down by your knees. So, I tell you what, for your next birthday, we'll buy you two wheelbarrows. I don't know, why is she sunbathing topless? Is it because she's such an old exhibitionist? Poor soul. Um, I see race row football rivals Ashley Cole and Anton Ferdinand came face to face in a 2am bust up in a car park. What are they doing out at 2am in the morning? Go home, silly boys. What do you think Ashley was doing? 
Is actually the one who's married to um, old Cheryl Cole, who's now not going to break it in America, I'm ashamed. Uh, I'm ashamed, which is, uh, I'm, I'm afraid, sorry, I didn't get the word right, I'm excited. And, um, and yeah, because she's going to, um, I don't know, probably advertise more Laura. It was so funny, she was doing this advert on the television the other day for something to do with her hair, and I kept thinking, but it's not her hair, it's extensions. It's like Talisa. Talisa getting the brush off with the hairdress. Luckily, there was a photographer following her, so whoopee! Big up for Talisa. The troubled singer who was booted off the ITV show panel earlier this year has rarely been seen in public. I'm going to buy some coke. I'm going to buy some coke. I'm, I'm sure. I know people who can sell it. Yeah. Right. £800. Give me some money. You got sweeties? Haribo. I'll do Haribo. So here she is, and um, she's got a new hairstyle. She looked glum as she left the salon. I'm not surprised. But she was on the phone, though, which is good. Who are these people talking to? They walk out, phone ring. Hello? Hello? How are you? No, I'm pretending to be on the phone. I have to, there's a photographer here. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking to myself. Yeah. That's what they all do, isn't it? Other pictures, Cara Delevingne. My oh, God, she gets more ugly by the day. I don't know why people go on about her. So excited. Black Sabbath are doing quite well. They've started showing all the, uh, all the pictures of uh, Ozzy Osbourne when he looked relatively normal, as opposed to that crackpot that you've got in front of you now, who's never seen himself on television because he thinks it's rubbish. Yep, we thought it was pretty rubbish too, but let's face it, it revitalised the fortune, didn't it? It made people aware of, of who you were. Still can't stand his ghastly daughter, though. Don't forget, in half an hour, you'll hear from Ruby Wax and Ben Fogel as they join me for In Conversation. But now, the latest news at 530 LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with the best of Steve Allen. Morning. You're listening to the best of Steve Allen this Sunday morning. Coming up in half an hour, I'm in conversation with comedian Ruby Wax, and we all get psychological, talking about battling stage fright and personality types. Or when TV presenter Ben Fogel will tell us he finds London the biggest adventure and that there are vast areas of the city he hasn't been to. But for now, we'll carry on with my best bits from the week. But this week we had Ascot. I think you know how I feel about this. It's really naff as usual. It's the same thing. It's full of chavs. Gary Lineker and his chavvy wife. And then a picture of um, Princess Eugenie in, the, in front of the Queen. I'm sorry, darling, who do you think you are? Apart from one half of the ugly sisters. You know, I mean, I think Cinderella was based not on you two, but you're the ugly sisters that Cinderella has to cl- clean for. Because by the time you're there with your mother, luckily she wasn't there, but the Queen is there, and Eugenie, who's, I mean, neither of them are blessed with looks. God knows it's a whole family of unattractive people. And she's waving in front of the Queen. And you th- the Queen's sort of looking slightly bemused. You think, listen, stop trying to hog the limelight. Nobody likes you. Nobody cares about you. Ascot, oh, the most boring thing under the sun, it really is. It was full of just the most amazing chavs yesterday. Because that's the sort of people that go. And then you look at the pictures in the paper... And you think, well, was there anybody of any note there? Were there any sort of real classy people that ask it? Well, apart from the Queen. And apart from the Queen and Prince Charles, who just looks slightly uncomfortable, where grey's not his colour, I've decided. Um, and so we've got, who we've we got a picture of? Here's, here's Gary Lineker. <laughs> Lucky he didn't take his naff son. He'd have gone to any, he'd have gone to the opening of a fridge, his son. Little George. Still desperately trying to find girls. Um, Tracy Rose wearing a very silly hat. Rebecca Johnson looking even stupider. And somebody called Melanie Marr. I don't know where these people cut catalogues, I suppose. Never seen anything so stupid. Um, Annika Svenska, no idea. Jackie Sinclair apparently was an ex girlfriend of uh, Simon Cowell. And then um, Catherine Jenkins, always looks stunning. Uh, Gary Lineker, as I say, with uh, Danielle. 
Danielle. Oh, no, look, look, Eamon and Ruth Holmes. Oh, how sweet, honestly. They pitched up to that. Isn't that lovely? Try and find a hat that fits next, Eamon, OK? It does look a bit... I know it's difficult to find them in your size. I know we're not six and seven-eighths anymore, but, I mean, at least try, for goodness sake. Uh, and then there is uh, Liberace's ex-lover, Scott Thorson, who has said that he had a six-year gay fling with Michael Jackson. Well, you can say anything. Michael Jackson is not here to defend himself. Uh, Scott Thorson is a drug addict. He's been in prison. He thieves. He sold his story. It's his story that's behind the candelabra. That's the Liberace story. Uh, he was just a cheap old rent boy. And, uh, and then he hung around with Michael Jackson. He said he wasn't a child molester. He said he only paid Geordie Chandler just to, just to make sure it went away. But, of course, it didn't. Because by the very fact that he'd paid Geordie Chandler, it almost implied that something had gone on. And Geordie Chandler, of course, you remember, featured on the, on the behind-the-scenes thing that Michael Jackson did, where he showed you around the house. And at one point, there's two boys sitting in a bedroom. And we're going, hello, who are they? This is Geordie Chandler. And, uh, and then Geordie Chandler's family learned how to sort of milk the system, and they got money out of him. Unfortunately, it didn't keep it quiet. It just, just made it worse, I'm afraid. Uh, tragic Jade Goody would be horrified by the race storm in this year's Big Brother, so says her mother. Uh, why would she be horrified? She was a racist. She made racist comments to Shilpa Shetty. She had to go and eat humble pie, I'm afraid, over in India. She was, uh, unfortunately, Jade was just a bit too thick to realise when she was being racist. There was her, Joe O'Meara, and the other one was married to a footballer. And she sort of changed her name now to try and get away from the racist allegations. But uh, all there, her mum said... The same kind of clash ruined her life. I don't think that ruined her life at all, actually. I mean, put it this way, didn't help. Didn't help, I'm afraid. Uh, Furious fans accused Rhiannon uh, of being on drugs after she was two hours late for a chaotic gig. She's had the most awful gigs. Rhiannon. Is it Rihanna? Rihanna. Well, I can call her what I like. I went to the bloody gigs. Not my fault. Anyway, she wasn't very good at Twickenham. And I know that. I didn't go. But I know, because a friend of mine, his girlfriend's house, backs onto the stadium. He said, you can hear everything. We heard Dave Greta. Uh, he, was, uh, he was doing a set there, and it was very funny. Uh, just, uh, but he doesn't need to do anything. He just pushes a button on a computer, a bit like the Pet Shop Boys. And, uh, and then uh, Rhiannon was late. She was late coming on stage, but at 10.30, she finished. On the dot. And the reason is the council say you can only go to 10.30. So if she's half an hour late, that's half an hour's less worth uh, less music. I think she was late when she was in Cardiff, and the review she got was terrible. She's apparently not much cop. In fact, she was only good when they were doing the instrumentals. Not much cop at the other thing. But she was two hours late for a gig in Birmingham. She'd been partying into the early hours with the wild child, Cara Delevingne. One fan fume, 60 quid a ticket, and Rihanna turns up late. And uh, it, it's not good enough. It's called unprofessional. Rihanna, you're unprofessional. I tell you what, go back to America. Blooming well stay there and don't ever come back again. You are rubbish. Rubbish. OK? Really not good. Really, really not good. You know, if you can't even be bothered to commit to the fans who've coughed up 60 quid a ticket, you're a bigger disgrace than we thought you were. Awful woman. Awful woman. So there you go. And everybody said the same. The reviews have not been good. Sloppy, lazy, dreadful. Talking of sloppy, lazy and dreadful, you have to laugh, don't you, in the paper today. It just, you know, there, there is ditzy and then there is really stupid. Helen Flanagan. They must sit down trying to think up stories that the stupid one can sort of talk about. And so she tweets at six minutes past eight. My boyfriend's way, I'm all alone in the house. 
Ten to twelve, the house is ransacked by three burglars. I mean, I laugh like a drain. I'm ever so sorry. You know, it can only happen to Helen's stupid Flanagan. You know, why would you tweet, I'm all alone? Unless you're particularly stupid. You know, I'm, you never, ever tweet. It's like saying, here I am, this is my address, I'm all alone and I'm not wearing any clothes. You know, it's a stupid. So she gets, and then, of course, she's managed to turn it into, oh, who are we going to kill? All they did, they break into the house, right? They lock her up in a room with a friend and they ransack the house. I thought they were going to kill me. I thought they were going to kill me. Drama queen, honestly, I've never anything like it. It's your own blooming fault, dear, isn't it? You're as stupid as a brick. It's not your fault. You can't help being dumb. It probably runs in the family. I don't know. You know, you've got to get it from somewhere. I mean, you can't, you don't go to school and come out that dimmed. Oh, I don't know. Joey Essex seems to manage it. Sam Fahir seems to manage it. In fact, 90% of the spotty cast in uh, The Only Way Is Essex seem to manage it. How can you be that dim? How can you be that stupid? It, it beggars, it's like people getting into these petty cabs, these petty, petty things outside here. You know, three hooray Henrys. And you think, you know, I'm willing you to have an accident. I don't know why we can't get them off the streets of London. Drives me mad. Uh, what else we got? Oh, the good news confirmed uh, on this programme. Oh, more than a year ago. Probably, well, maybe six six months ago. Uh, and this is the fact that they're bringing back birds of a feather, which is uh, which is very good. I'm very pleased about that. They're bringing back... Birds of a feather. I always liked it. And it's going to come back. The, uh, pardon me, the cast have signed for a new series. So Pauline Quirk, Linda Robson and Leslie Joseph. And it will be written by the show's creators, Lawrence Marks and Morris Gran. And, oh, it's ITV. Oh, so ITV of tech. Well, it was BBC before, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. So it's moved over. Uh, apparently, The Sun reported... Uh, that the pair approached the BBC with the idea of revisiting the hit comedy, but bosses at the corporation wanted to only make a Christmas special. Stupid people. How dumb do you have to be? How dumb do you have to be? And the good news is that um, Bracknell is now the UFO capital of the world. Uh, a UFO expert says the picture is among the best he's ever seen. It's a pair of mysterious, fast-moving discs of light... Steve Lambert, 42, was making a phone call outside the town's running horse pub when he spotted the UFOs at 8pm on Friday. He said, I was drinking with my girlfriend and her son. I went outside to make a phone call and, uh, and there were these two lights in the sky. So he's taken a picture of two lights in the sky. So that's lovely. So that apparently is a UFO and it's brilliant. And he's, he's asking other people in Bracknell to get in contact if they've seen anything. Well, as Bracknell is practically the drug capital of the South, ladies and gentlemen, I should imagine they've all seen them. Amazing, isn't it? Just one person sees them and he's outside a pub. Get the drift? Outside a pub. Oh, look. I see lights in the sky. Lights in the sky. Take a picture. And a, and a UFO expert. I love the UFO experts uh, who, who say it's uh, among the best he's ever seen. It's two lights in the sky, ladies and gentlemen. And that's the best he's ever seen. What a dull, unexciting life he's had. I love UFO people. It's like the crop circle people. They're all barking mad. Absolutely stark, staring mad. No such thing as little flying saucers. No such thing as little green men. No such thing as crop circles. It's students with a piece of rope. You know, you have to explain. No, go, I don't think so. I think you'll find it is, in fact, a spacecraft coming down and creating these unusual designs in the corn. Yeah, it's funny. Nobody ever sees this spacecraft, which must be the size of New England. It sort of comes down and makes this. And nobody sees anything at all. It just magically appears overnight. Perhaps they're doing it via remote control. I love them. We had a couple of barking mad ones that used to send me in DVDs of crop circles. And I used to go, students, students. I've got a friend who's a student. They, they all go and drink in the pub, which is... 
within the radius of these. They're all within the same radius. And then they, they just mark it all out on graph paper. It's so simple. But for the uneducated who want to believe in E.T. and stuff like that, they, they buy into that old drivel. They go, it really is a crop circle. That's for people visiting us from another planet and they're trying to send a message. Why don't they just land and get out and say hello? You know, if, if they're that sophisticated, surely they must have learned to speak English by now. Uh, Dan's up this morning. He says, uh, UFOs in Bracknell and all the balmy people are on drugs in Bracknell, seeing them. <laughs> Sad face. I'm oh, sorry, I've forgotten you've moved to Bracknell. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, he says, I can confirm. Oh, so, so Nick in Ascot says, I can confirm your opinion on Bracknell. It is indeed a druggy haven. Wouldn't surprise me if they had unicorn and Care Bear sightings as well. well I don't know. Poor old Dan's moved there. I don't know, honestly. It's always somebody, isn't there? Never mind, Dan. Never mind. But it is true. It's, you know, people sort of, they, they want to believe in UFOs. I, I mean, you know, it's like believing in the tooth fairy. It's like when, if you've got any young children, put their hand over their ears. It's like, you know, for years, the parents tell you about Father Christmas. And then, and then you get to an age, you go, oh, Father Christmas, isn't it? It's your parents. You know, I have to do that once because I remember saying that on the programme and someone said, my son was just listening and burst into tears. You think, oh, grow up, for goodness sake. It's like ruining the end of a soap opera, isn't it? But why do we do that? Why do we tell fibs? Is it because we want, we want to believe in something? Is it because you want to believe in UFOs? Is it because you want to believe in little E.T. phone home? Is it because you want to believe in that kind of stuff? Elliot, phone home. E.T. E.T. phone home. E.T. phone home. People want to believe in that kind of thing. Whereas, in fact, you know, how E.T. ever learned to speak English, got a, and he had a speak and spell, but that wasn't exactly the best thing he could have had, was it? Could have had loads of other things. And so they're assuming that all these, all these people come from other worlds because apparently it's space, the final frontier. It's all out there, isn't it? It's as far as you... And so they've flown all the way there, and they haven't learned to speak English at all, and yet they can make these lovely geometric figures in, in corn. They don't do it in anything else. They, don't, they only do it in corn, and they only do it at a certain time of the year. You would think if these... You know, could they not... I mean, I've often said, listen, if there are any people... Listening in other planets, that, that means something to them. And, and what it means is, come and land in Leicester Square, and come in on this programme. I'll tell you what, I'll turn the whole programme over to you. Come and tell us about your world, and I'll tell you about my world. OK? Which is lollipops and pink ice cream and elephants and, and exciting things like that. And you can get a full insight into the world of Steve Allen by tuning in to the programme every day from 4am or download the podcast. There's hours of them on the LBC website. Let's take a quick break. When we're back, it doesn't look good for one of our favourite celebrities. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with the best of Steve Allen. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with the best of Steve Allen. Welcome back. Having talked about Ascot already, it only took a few days for the Queen to finally work out the trick to the races. Don't stick Eugenie or Beatrice in the coach with you because they'll only try and hog the limelight. The two ugly sisters uh, were nowhere to be seen yesterday and said we got Camilla. Looking wonderful. And they, uh, the Queen seems more relaxed with Camilla. I think with, uh, with Andrew's girls, they seem like little Miss, miss Pushy Bags for some reason. And uh, there they all were yesterday, dressed up to the sixes in, uh, in Ascot. My God, it's chavtastic, isn't it? I mean, it really is. Every naff outfit under the sun, every stupid hat. And there's always the same woman there, and they put her down as a TV presenter. I've never managed to find her on the television yet. They go, so-and-so, 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 TV presenter. You go, well, who are you? What are you working on? Some sort of lap dancing kind of channel. But uh, the Queen always looks good. And uh, Denise Lewis, Lewis looked very good. 
in a in sort of black and white number. And then there was somebody called Tracy Rose. I mean, God knows what you are, love, but you're badly dressed to start with. Um, also, a load of girls, the, the Tootsie Rollers. I mean, it really is. It drags out all the old chavs, doesn't it? Poor old Tracy Rose. Where'd you get that outfit from? Is it drag? Nope, the drag was Katie Price on the television. There she was with her boring, monotone voice going on and on and on about, you know, wanting her book. I, don't, that, I mean, I think they put her on television so people can have a good old laugh at her because she looks horrendous. I mean, for somebody who is supposed to be, you know, a glamour model, although, to be honest with you, that must have got out in the window blooming donkeys years ago, you only have to look at the poor old soul to realise that she's either shoved so much Botox in her face that it's, it's just gone wrong. And once you go down the route of putting too much in, you can't then go backwards. It is not physically possible. So that's why you get people who, you look at them, look, look at the Bride of Wildenstein. There is a woman with all the money in the world. So what Katie Price does, and quite clearly, I mean, she's, she's deficient in, a, in quite a number of brain cells, if indeed there is anything in there. But I have a feeling if you opened up the brain, there would just be clouds going through there, perhaps with a little bit of rain every so often. And what you do is, she goes on sunbeds. Not a good look. Really, really bad look. So with the Botox as well, I mean, nobody has ever done experiments on, if you have Botox and then you go on a sunbed, I mean, her skin is shot through anyway. You know, and she used to be years ago, admittedly still thick as a plank, but she used to be quite pretty. She took the makeup off. Let's face it, she pulled Peter Andre. God, I watched one of his old programmes the other day. It was on... I don't know, I, I get it on Channel 6. And it was Peter and his dreary life. This is where Peter takes the kids out. Because they don't do anything, so they've got to... Pete likes to get away. So they go to a holiday camp, a holiday site, where Pete is camping, I use the term advisedly, in the woods. And Pete, who's very funny, but quite clearly is remedial. He can't live without the... Ca- he talks to the camera like it's his best friend. I don't think he knows as people watch he goes, yes, I'm doing this, and he hides it, he, he plays around. It's all a bit sad, really, because in his life there is nothing, apart from him and the kids. So he takes this thing, and then luckily, phew, God, we were breathing a sigh of relief. By day two, the fans had found out where he was, because yeah, they probably posted it online. And so they, they pitch up, and then, you know, Peter does his usual signing autographs and kissing and everything. He can't live without it. The day Peter's musical career dies... Oh, sorry, it has. I do beg your pardon. I'm so sorry. I was speaking out of the box. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do. He'll have to retire and start growing courgettes or something. I can't remember where I was going down that route, actually. But anyway, and so I was sort of watching the television yesterday, and I'd seen Katie Price. She'd been on, on Daybreak, and I looked at her, and I thought, you've got to, whatever you're doing to your face, you've completely ruined it. You've screwed it up so far now that it, you cannot go back. Once you've ruined it, then you've had a little bit of surgery here. The makeup is atrociously bad. Her sense of fashion is non-existent. Her eyebrows look square. I mean, what woman? I use the term woman loosely when it comes to Katie Price. Because, to be honest with you, I've seen better dressed Thai lady boys. In fact, every Thai lady boy is better dressed. They're glamorous. They look wonderful. Katie Price cannot wear anything at all. Nobody wants to give her clothes because she just she makes everything look like a bin liner. Her and the um, and the boyfriend who doesn't appear to be working or husband. I don't know what he's a plasterer, isn't he? Uh, oh, he's a builder. Well, we've never seen him out building anything, have we? That's loosely called, loosely called. And then of course there was Rihanna. Can I just offer some advice if you're thinking of buying a ticket for Rihanna? Don't waste your money. And I tell you why, because every concert has been dire. She's been rude to the fans by turning up late. I think she was in, was it Birmingham the other day? Two hours late. Well, I'd have walked out 
Yeah, walk out on stage, love to nobody. How dare you treat people? Who do you think you are? Some third-rate singer? The only good bit about the concerts, apparently, was when it was just the, the music. You didn't have to listen to her, because she's got the world's worst voice. She's Then she appeared to hit a fan. Now, this I understand. Because if somebody in a fan, and some fans are a little bit, let's just call them eager, they try to uh, to touch her. And quite clearly, she lashed out. She doesn't know. She doesn't know whether or not they've actually got a knife or something like that. But uh, the sooner you go back to America, love, the better we will feel. The happier we... Look at Katie. I'm looking at that. Look at her. Look. She's... Um, her, her eyebrows are square. That's a man's eyebrow. That's not women's. It's just... Yeah, you know, it's the voice, though. You've got to hear... The, the voice is hilarious. There's a, there's a woman on... Oh, what was her name? I think her name was Sally Jacks or something. I'm sure she said Sally Jacks. I'll have to check. I'm, I'm, I'm going to find out. Can you type in Sally Jacks on Google, presenter, and just see if this, this, this poor old thing crops up? I'm sure he said, she said Sally Jacks, but she probably spells it strangely. There you go, Sally Jacks. What does she look like? Sally Jacks, TV presenter. Uh, wait a minute. Also known as... Oh, it might, there's so many different ones here. Uh, what does she do? What does she do? Is that her? The, go on to Sally Jacks, presenter. They say she's a fun northern lass. I wonder if that's her. I wonder if this, this is this one here. Oh, she's got a, she's got a showreel and everything on the internet. I love this kind of stuff. Is that... It might not... Oh, it is her. Oh, this is a very old showreel. She's got the worst voice in the world. She, they say she's fun northern. Nope, she's chronically bad. She's the worst presenter I've ever seen. Oh, she's... Ah! She's a bit like that. She's, she's, uh, she could be anywhere between 50 and 190. She's really old and she does... One of these bid channels. She's so chronically bad, I assumed she was a failed lap dancer. I couldn't think of anything else that she'd ever done, but she's showing us around her lovely home. She's got a show. Type it in. It's Sally Jacks, though. Sally spelt in the normal way. And Jacks is J-A-X-X. And you'll see her. She's got the world's worst... She's quite clearly some poor old bored biddy from up north who thinks... The eyes are too far... But she doesn't look like this now. Now the hair's gone to pieces. She's looking really ancient... And she can't present for Toffee. And the voice, I mean, she couldn't even get a job in Nev's call centre. It's that bad. That bad. Here she is. But she looks worse. These are taken. These are a little while ago. She looks so awful now. But she's actually got a show. Where does she think she's going? Have we got a history of it? Can we find out what she's done before? Has she done anything? Oh, she came on our private one-to-one presenter course. That's it. Her birth name is Sally Cooper. She's called Sally Cooper. She came on our private one-to-one presenter's training programme. Dear God in heaven, I'll tell you, it didn't work. She's a fun northern lass. No, she's not. No, she's not. And it's from a place called the Presenter Studio, as seen by top people in the business. So people go there and they go, you're a presenter. And so she's flogging tat on the television. Sally Jacks, we're, we're now trying to find out exactly what else she's done, apart from the things she's on at the moment. And uh, to be brutally frank... Oh, wait a minute. Under the stage names... Oh, it can't be the same one, can it? No, that's something else. Yeah. It's very interesting. She's so dreadful. She's so dreadful. I mean, I didn't think it was possible to be that awful. She's quite clearly been in the business for about 500 years, and she's now looking jaded. And it's, it doesn't kind of work. I only mentioned it because, I, because she actually gave her name, and I remember thinking, I must mention to you, this woman, so you can check her out as well. But listen to the voice. Quite clearly on the presenter's course, they haven't done anything for her at all. Because it doesn't tell you how to flog rubbish on the television. Oh, right. So she's worked at Hospital Radio Burnley. She must... I'll tell you, she probably must have, you know, people lying in bed going, No! No! 
Not the Sally Jack Show. Hospital Radio Burnley. Hello, you're right. Hello. Oh, it's the worst voice you've ever heard. She presented on the shopping channel, Bid TV, and that's it. Apparently, in uh, 2013, May the 10th, she was featured on Channel 4's Come Dine With Me. Oh, God, she's desperate as well, then. Even sadder. And that's, and that's all she's done. She's done nothing. She's apparently a singer. She certainly ain't a presenter. She was born in 1977. How old does that make her? I can't work these things out quickly. I'm not very good at those sort of things. Other people have to tell me how old she is. She's an English singer and presenter. No, she isn't. Hospital Radio, Damworth. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 30. She's never 36, 37. 57, maybe. 36, 37. Good God. Anyway, she's, she's really Sally Cooper. It's very funny. You have to watch her, if only to realise what the word bad presenting actually means. And it's the voice, though. It really is the vo- Oh, it's, it's just dreadful. It's, it's like turning on the radio and you listen to somebody. You know, I mean, I luckily have a proven track record. It doesn't make any difference whether you like my voice. You'll always know it's me. With this woman, she's gone no further than Hospital Radio Burnley and, and Bid TV. And that's her entire life in a nutshell. Hospital Radio Burnley. Well, anyway, just going back quickly to uh, the, the standards in Ascot. If you're going today, they don't want skirts that are too short. And so they managed to get rid of Tracy Rose and her husband, Russell. I mean, I've never heard of her before, but apparently she's been a regular at Ascot for 32 years, which means she's about 70. And they say her hats have become a familiar sight. Well, I've never even heard of her before. She's obviously an attention seeker. And uh, I think you would probably refuse entry because the outfit looks rubbish. I can't think of anything other, any other reason. It's, it's a bit short, it is true, and it, but you just look like an attention seeker, so that's why they don't really want you in the royal enclosure. You know, they, they've got a bit of class, and quite clearly they looked at your outfit and thought the same as everybody else does. What in God's name are you wearing, love? Where did you, where did you get something like that from? How do you manage to make yourself look so ridiculously cheap it becomes laughable? And the woman you're with... Oh, she's remonstrating with staff. They've got staff there remonstrating. The moment I saw a bit of remonstrating the other day. This is to go no further, OK? Come, come closer, come closer. Come. Boo! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Had to do it. Frighten myself. Anyway, so we're in Waitrose. We actually get, get off the train, OK? And um, queuing up are loads of people clutching three items and stuff like that. I've got a basket with about eight items in, so I go to a till. Next up to the, uh, to the instant only six items are two, let's just call them fairly flamboyant kind of older homosexuals, okay? That's the best way to describe them. And they've got a basket full of things, and then the younger, kind of uglier one, was clutching a load of items. And the woman goes, she points to the sign, because she was caught out yesterday, this woman, with an old man who produced about 12 items, quite clearly blind as a bat. And so she says to these two gentlemen, she says, no, it's six items. So he starts remonstrating with her. And so she goes, no, it's, listen, there's all these people in this queue. He's, he's, but now he's wasting everybody's time. She's having none of it, this woman. So I wanted to tap him on the shoulder and go, oi, this says six items, all right? Six items means six items. Don't be so blooming rude. There are certain rules in the supermarket that just need to be adhered to. Well, those were my best bits from the week. I'll be back tomorrow morning, live at four, so I look forward to talking to you then. Don't forget you can download all the podcasts from the LBC website. Go to lbc.co.uk and you can always follow me on Twitter. It's at Steve Allen Show. Coming up next time, in conversation with Ruby Wax and Ben Fogel. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But now we've got the latest news at six.